Nobody makes it easier to stay on top of all of your health concerns than Meridian Medical Services. Hey, it's JMV. Call them today, 317-925-0811, and schedule your heart screening. I know my situation. You should, too. Make the call. It is affordable. It is easy, and you will know. 317-925-0811. Nobody's more affordable. Nobody's easier than Meridian Medical Services. Call them today, 317-925-0811. 11. All right. What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard. A pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Oh, oh the chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Welcome in to Gigi's 71st and Benford, a location on the north side. I'd love to see you up here. This is one of our favorite locations to do a Bud Light Blue Friday. That's where we are. We have Colts tickets. I believe that's Colts and Buccaneers tickets, ladies, to give away here today. Uh, we love to see you here. I know Tony Donahue is here with Fans Place. He's going to have a pair to give away as well. So, hey, we've got a lot of reason for you to come out here on this Friday and hang out with us. And, again, at one of our favorites, Gigi's 71st and Benford. Join us throughout the course of this afternoon inside the lounge, Dev, via YouTube Live. I don't know if that's working or if that's back there or what. But, yeah, we go right there. There's me with a little sunlight over my shoulder right there. Uh, you can watch inside the Winshuler Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. Watch Listen, participate, do whatever you want inside that lounge. I have a busy show. I also want to remind you that today we're off a half an hour earlier, which means Colts Happy Hour begins at 5.30 today, which means Mark Boyle and the Pacer pregame show starts at 6.30 because we've got the Pacers, and I know where Jimmy's going. Jimmy's going to go watch the Cavaliers and the Pacers at Cambridge Fieldhouse, and again, 6.30 your coverage begins right here, so that. That actually takes 30 minutes off of what we're doing on this show today. So just a reminder, if you're out and about and you would like to join us, we would absolutely love to see you at Gigi's up here today. All right, we got a lot to talk about in terms of the Colts and the Panthers. I went on Charlotte Radio today with somebody you know very well, and Jeff Rickard. And we were talking about the matchup with the Panthers on Sunday. And we also talked, he wanted to get a little bit more background on the influence around here of Bob Knight. And I did want to not completely close the book on it because it is still worthy of conversation. Of course, voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, as he normally does on a Friday, will join us. In fact, Don's going to join us, I believe, coming up at the bottom of the hour. What I wanted to do, however is I wanted to thank you for yesterday. Yesterday was meaningful radio for me. 
And I took it incredibly seriously because I knew that it was meaningful radio for me. And I also knew just how you felt about it, just how meaningful it was for most of you out there. And honestly, it was difficult to set up exactly what I was talking about and, and you know, the, the angle in which I presented to you. But I was happy to come to find out, especially from a lot of you after the show, that it hit its mark. That we now, you know, understand exactly where I was coming from. And, and what it did is it, it hit with a lot of you in a similar fashion in which the passing of Bob Knight hit me and hit those around me. I mean, especially where I'm from. It's interesting. So I get on social media and I, I get on Facebook in particular because it's almost like a high school and a college yearbook for me. I keep in touch with a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time. A lot of people I, I can't see on a weekly on a monthly, even on a yearly basis. And I want to make sure everybody's doing okay, keep up with everybody. Not keeping score or any crap like that. I just genuinely want to know what's going on in their life. And we like to share what's going on in mine, too. And, and obviously just keep up to date. And, you know, share memories and such. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of memories, as you know that. Uh, memories are very important to me. And I heard from a lot of folks yesterday saying, hey, when you were talking about that, that's exactly how I felt. That's how it hit me. Like, there are a lot of people out there that just suggest it's just about basketball. It's about being a great coach, and it's about being this and about being that. No, 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 no. It's about so much more than that. I mean, it just simply was. I mean, it was an iconic figure that was larger than life, again, that of that magnitude we will never see around here. And it had an effect that also, you know, brought in the whole family unit situation. I mentioned my grandparents. That's how I evolved into a sports fan. But I was really happy to see how many of you understood exactly what I was talking about and then in turn told me that you had a similar effect. Now, granted, I understand that if you're a lot younger, and that's why we needed to educate yesterday, and the guests we had on were absolutely spectacular to do just that. You could not have done any better than Brian Evans and Florida Atlantic head coach Dusty May. And then obviously talking to Mark Patrick, who was just incredible in the 5 o'clock hour. And the vice president of player personnel for the Pacers, Ryan Carr, and moving across country to go to college for that very reason, to be a part of what Bob Knight had built and obviously was so emotional, as was Brian Evans about it. So I could not have had on anybody better as a group to explain all angles. And before we get started today, I just wanted to make sure that you understood I want to thank you very much for taking part in that discussion, in that show from yesterday. And I do understand from a lot of you, it meant as much to you as it did to me. So thank you very much for being a part of yesterday. And obviously, we will continue to share. We will continue to talk whenever you want. I saw Don Fisher on Big Ten Network yesterday, 
Um, and I, I know that I'm sure Don has been asked by absolutely everybody, but we're fortunate because Don comes on here every single Friday that he can share a couple of things with us as well. But Don Fisher joins us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Kevin Harlan's going to join us from CBS. He's got that call on Sunday in Carolina with the Colts and the Panthers, and he can also do a little bit of reflection as well, considering he called some of those games back in the day that Bob Knight is coached, probably with both IU in this case and Texas Tech. Kevin Harlan's going to join us at 4.30. Mike Chappell is going to be here coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Nathaniel, or as we're going to call him today, Nate is in for James. Thank you, Nathaniel, for hanging out with us today. Uh, We got a nice show set up for you. Of course, it's sectional final Friday night, and we've got some matchups across the board. I don't know if we're going to find a better matchup than what we witnessed, especially late in that game. And I know Brownsburg folks probably will not agree. By the way, speaking of Brownsburg, I forgot. Yeah, Mike Wells is going to join us from ESPN Radio coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. My bad on that. But I don't know if you're going to find more of an oh-wow type of performance than what you saw at the uh, end of that game with Ben Davis and Brownsburg in that semifinal last week. We'll talk about that and a lot more with Bob Lovell, who's going to join us coming up in just a couple of minutes as we're live from Gigi's Bar and Grill. 71st in Benford today on a Bud Light Blue Friday. It's weird because we got to wait a little bit for the Colts to get back home when you think about it. So on the road this week, and then in Frankfurt, Germany next week, and then in a bye week the week after that. So it is going to be a long wait until the Colts are back here. A lot of you have asked me, do you think that's going to be good? Honestly, I don't know what's good for them right now. If they don't start, stop turning it over, and obviously if Gardner Minshew doesn't have those moments, or even better said, if they are completely unable to protect the back end of that defense, which it certainly looks like it is going to be difficult for them considering there's not going to be Juju Brents for a while, as we learned today, and we'll talk to Mike Chappell about that. Braden Smith up front missed practice again today. This would be the fourth consecutive week with that wrist injury situation, that combination, that he has not been out on the field. And we'll ask Mike about the comments yesterday of Shaquille Leonard, wondering if, you know, the consistency or lack thereof of his play is what he wants. I mean, he wasn't so much beating around the bush in the locker room yesterday. And then when asked about that earlier today, Shane Steichen said, we'll keep that in-house. Talk to Mike Chappell about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Live from GG's on a Bud Light Blue Friday. We would love to see you here. Get you signed up for that chance at Colts tickets while you're here with the great food and the ice-cold Bud Light as well. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, friend of this show, Indiana Sports Talk, Friday and Saturday nights here throughout those great stations along the line for Network Indiana affiliation, Bob Lovell who joins us now. I know, Bob, we're going to get into the uh, sectional final Friday night in football, which is a big deal. I do have a couple of things to talk with you about before we get there. You obviously have coached on a variety of levels in this state. I brought up how Bob Knight had an influence on me from the time I remember sports, you know, basically until now. As a coach in this state, your thoughts on the passing of Bob Knight and the type of effect he had on you as a coach and again, a variety of levels in the state of Indiana. Well, John, I think, um, 
you know, his impact is kind of hard to measure. You know, you, you look at it from a standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, you were coaching high school basketball, college basketball in the state of Indiana. Uh, you were running motion offense, and you were using defensive principles that you learned from Coach Knight. I mean, everybody was. You know, yeah. They were, you know how that is. Go back to your Easter, your, your Green County days. You're overplaying a passing lane. Uh, you're denying that you're fronting the post. You know, that, defensively, that's how that's how you're doing. Those are the basic fundamentals. I think that's, that's changed. That's evolved from that point now. I don't think a lot of people do it that way. But at the time, you were doing everything by the book, the book of Bob Knight. You were trying to run motion offense, you know, pass, cut, cut away from the bat. No, don't, no ball screens. It's interesting how things have evolved. But back then, one of the absolute uh, – uh, no-nos of running motion offense was screened on the ball. You never screened on the ball. You always screened away from the ball. Those exactly. Kinds of things. And so from yep. a coach, coach's standpoint, you, you know, followed all that and did did a lot of that. Clearly didn't do it as, as well as 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 he his teams did. But being, you know, the other part of it, too, was being part of the Indiana University system that I was when I was at IEPUI. You know, they used to have that holiday tournament in Indianapolis every year, and they would come over to our gym and use it. Uh, uh, for a preparation. So they'd practice uh, on that second day. They'd come over and use our gym. And so, you know, I got to hang out at practice. I got to spend time with them and, and do all that. And so you got to watch them up close and personal. And um, the, the the one that, the, you know, we were, you know, I always used to get calls from Steve Downing wondering, hey, why are you not – Coach wants to know why you don't come down and watch practice. I said, well, it's pretty simple. I mean, I'm trying to win games. <laughs> I said, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not like I could just – I'm also, you know, I'm the athletic director and the basketball coach. i got a couple of things on my plate, and yeah. I'm trying to win games. And I said, it's nothing personal. I said, I just don't have – I can't literally squeeze it into my schedule to take an entire day to go down to Bloomington and watch practice. And so, uh, you know, it was, you know, those kind of tangential things for me uh, that were interesting, but you know, in terms of the game, uh, the preparation, the thing I always admired about him from a coaching standpoint is defensively, uh, he's one of those coaches and people, you know, a lot of people try to do it. I don't think they did it as well. He could take, he would find something in your offensive approach and they would take it away from you. One of the key things that you'd do, maybe a down screen, a screen away, some kind of action. And they would eliminate that action. They they would they would take that away from you. And then the other part of it too is uh, think about it. He's going to figure out a way to stymie your best player. He'll he'll figure out a way to neutralize that player. That's one of the reasons I think they were so successful. It's it's easier said than done to just be able to take away certain things and take away certain people. That's hard to do. And they did it uh, a lot. And they did it with great success uh, over the years. Yeah, that's, so you brought up something, too, and Bob Lovell joins us with a bit of a reflection before we get into sectional final football Friday night and the matchups. But I, um, you mentioned the, the, the on-the-ball screens or the high-ball on-the-ball screens. Yeah, you'd, be yeah. running, you'd be running stair laps for days if you did stuff like that back then. True story. Right. right. And that, well, that's, everybody does that now. That's all anybody everybody does. does yeah, high-ball yeah. high ball screens or dribble handoffs. That's all anybody does. It's uh, it's interesting how the game evolved and during his period of time at Indiana University. As I mentioned, it, those, you didn't do those things. You know, it was a pass, cut away, pass, basket, cut. You know, you know what I mean. Pass, yeah. uh, replace yourself. Those 
those basic principles of motion offense. And you know, the other part of it, too, if you don't have the ball, find somebody to screen. And exactly. So, you know, those were always, yeah. you know, it's always great things to work on in practice. And, and, and you, the other part of it, too, is that uh, I think uh, when you look at it in totality, no one had the impact. Absolutely no one has had, or I think ever will have, the impact on, on a sport in a state like Coach Knight did had, had here in Indiana. I just don't think it's – I don't think it will ever be replicated. Hey, ironically enough, too, I think that by volume, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm just taking a guess, that we see more of an impact on the offensive end of offensive foul calls for illegal screens than we ever did with a screen and motion offense that we all ran basically for decades in basketball. It's a good point. I mean, I, I agree with you. And uh, I mean, I just think that, you know, we being here in Indiana, we take basketball pretty seriously and you know, he was um, right guy at the right place at the right time. And, and uh, love him, hate him, however you viewed him. I, I did nothing but respect the guy from afar on how he was able to implement his system, not only on his team, but literally across an entire state. And so uh, there, it was a one-of-a-kind, never be replaced. And uh, I think the impact continues to this day, quite frankly. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk every Friday right here, of course, brought to you by your 14 Central Indiana CarX locations run by Joe Childers. CarX.com to maintain fall road readiness with a great deal of values for you. CarX.com today. All right, some of these finals. Let's start in 6A here. Obviously, Cathedral and LN tonight in 7 from LN's a big one. What about Fishers and Hamilton Southeastern this evening at 7 o'clock, 2 in sectional 3? What, what do you need to say <laughs> other than the fact that it's Fishers and HSE, both really good teams. They're, they're very balanced. They're very similar to each other. They, they all know each other. They've grown up with each other. That's um, why it's such a great rivalry. Um, and I, I just think it's one of those games, like most of these games tonight, John, you got to take care of the ball, not make mistakes. And if you're able to do that, you got a chance to win. So uh, that is a spectacular game. I mean, let's face it. That's, that's as good a game as you're going to have to number seven versus number 10. And that's how evenly matched they are, quite frankly. Westfield and Noblesville in sectional four tonight at seven o'clock. That's a big one. Um, listen, I would have thought Ben Davis could beat Brownsburg last week. I didn't think Ben Davis would beat Brownsburg in the fashion in which they did last week in that semifinal. That was incredible. Yeah, it was, and I don't think anybody expected it. You know, no. especially if, if you're, you know, the Brownsburg kids who have this seemingly insurmountable lead uh, that that literally disappears. And so, strange things happen, John, in tournament play. You know that, irrespective of the sport, crazy things happen. They get underscores just exactly how good Ben Davis is, how explosive they can be. Uh, Pike is is getting better and better, but I just think that if Ben Davis plays at that level. They'll be very difficult to beat. Um, you know, I think uh, the Westfield Noblesville game is an interesting one. Westfield just continues to grind it out and win games. Noblesville playing for a sectional championship for the first time in a while, and uh, I think it's it's great. I mean, you got great emotion going into that. Another rivalry type situation. So, some really all these games in six A are, are really really solid. Quite frankly. It's uh, Bob Lovell who joins us 4A tonight, sectional 21, 22, and 23. 21's got Mooresville and Brebuff, New Pal at Mount Vernon in 22, 
and the defending champion East Central in Greenwood. Greenwood's got a long bus ride down I-74 towards Cincinnati for sectional 23. Three strong matchups, however. Yeah, I think you're right. I, mean, I think the East Central matchup is a hard one uh, for the obvious reasons. They've yes. won the last uh, two championships. They're undefeated. You gotta you gotta travel down there. So as, as you point out, that's a that's a difficult matchup. Um, I, I think um, Burbuff is a is a team that's playing well, playing awfully awfully well right now. So you have to really really pay attention to them. New Pal. Uh, is just uh, they're really good, John. I mean, they're really, really good. Uh, I, I love my guy, Mike Gillen, at Mooresville. Hard for a Plainfield boy to pull for Mooresville, but he and I go back a long, long way. Um, it's a great story from what they've been able to do. So there's plenty of reasons to be excited about these matchups, John, because there, there are a whole bunch of good ones around the state. Yeah, no doubt about that. 3A, uh, the one will hard target right here. Actually, we could do a couple if you wanted to, but certainly at the top of the list, Chittard and Hamilton Heights, sectional 28 tonight. A lot of cheering going on in here for that one. Well, Chittard is uh, Chittard. <laughs> yeah. Reminiscent of you know plenty of championship teams that they've had, um, and, and they have, they're a, a really, really solid Type football team capable of clearly capable of winning a championship. The interesting thing about Hamilton Knights is, you know, they went through a five game stretch in regular season where they threw shutouts at their opponents. I mean, defensively, they're a really, really solid football team. They're going to need to be clearly against a, a Shatard team that's going to, you know, pound you the entire night as they normally do. But it's an, it's an intriguing matchup because what Heights has been able to do on the defensive side. So Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, as I mentioned, has got you Tri-West, Monrovia, also a part of that schedule, and Indian Creek in Batesville in sectional 31. Indian Creek's got a matchup where they're going to host tonight at a sectional final down in Trafalgar. That's a great story. I mean, everybody knows the Gillen name, Casey, uh, the coach at Indian Creek, played at Indian Creek, had a great career. Dad and Mike, I just mentioned at Mooresville, they've had a tremendous year, as had Batesville. Both these teams, if you think about it, probably weren't expected to be where they are playing for a sectional championship. Uh, Batesville just continues to pick up wins down in the southeastern part of the state. But the uh, Indian Creek story is good. They can throw it. Uh, they have kids who can catch it. They can put points on the board. Uh, should be a very interesting game. Got two-way matchups here. Um, obviously, we bring up South Mont, Linton Stockton down in Greene County tonight. Um, Winchester, Eastern Hancock also coming up uh, in sectional 38 this evening. And then I guess in Class A, we can start here before I let you go, Bob. Indianapolis Lutheran and Covenant Christian tonight for a sectional crown at 7 o'clock. Lutheran is uh, really, really good, John. Um, you know, obviously, they've won the last two State championships in single A, ranked number one right now. Um, I'm not sure who can beat them, quite frankly. Excited about the Linton Stockton Miners from your uh, old stomping grounds down in yeah. uh, that part of the state. Um, you know what? They, they've been so they've been good these last few years, but have had trouble getting past uh, that sectional championship. They get they win sectionals. They get into that regional. Uh, is this the team that's going to break through and come up and? and play in Indianapolis. They think it is. They think they have the, the capability to do it. 
they've been disappointed in the last uh, few years uh, in similar situations. So um, those are two teams you have to pay a lot of attention to. Yep. Uh, also, a couple of others before we uh, get ready to let you go here. Park Tudor at North Vermillion tonight, sectional 42. Sheridan at Monroe Central tonight at 7 o'clock in sectional 45. Good thing about it is Bob Lovell's going to have you covered on all levels, both tonight and tomorrow night, won't you? I sure hope so. Uh, that's the plan. <laughs> if not, I, I will have disappointed you and thousands of others so we'll, we'll do our best you never disappoint me hey i did want to ask you you don't have to spend a lot of time yeah. on this or really say anything about it um how you feel about everything championship wise going to streaming with the ihsa bob uh it's the way of the world john uh this you know i preface my remarks by saying uh it is to believe i am 72 years old Right. Uh, and I'm not the most technologically savvy human being on the planet. Uh, so for people in my age bracket, we're not we're not very happy about this. But I think for people in my grandson's age bracket, uh, you know, his reaction would be, so what? This is what we do. And so uh, I know the IHSAA, uh, I think we, we lose sight of this fact uh, sometimes, John, when, when we talk about media things. You know, we, we talk about – these championships are supposed to be for the kids, supposed to be about the kids and supposed to be for the kids. And uh, those kids who are playing in those games and their moms and dads, quite frankly, and brothers and sisters and family members, they're going to watch games that are streamed every week. Uh, a lot of high schools stream it. Everybody does it around the state. And so if we truly believe that things are for the kids – then, then let's go ahead and provide things in a medium where most of those kids are happy and know what they're doing and get an act and get access to games. Yeah, it may impact those of us who are older, not as uh, not as sophisticated technologically as others, but we need to adapt and get better because the world. It's hard to have the uh, Channel Fours of the world back in the day that would do these games, that doesn't exist anymore. This is the technology that exists now in our culture. Let me tell you how much I miss the old school Channel Four, by the way. I'm glad you brought that up. So I do. I miss it. I love it. Absolutely. But uh, (laughs) again, um, you know, and I've I've gone through this because I'm fortunate enough, as you know, to be a part of the pairing shows for the football and the basketball uh, tournaments. And um, I, I understand it. And I was also involved in, in when I was working in the Horizon League, uh, I was in charge of uh, TV and all the other stuff. About I was in charge of basketball uh, back in the day. We were the first conference in the country to stream all of our uh, regular season games. We were, the, we were the first ones to do it because we recognized then just exactly what I said. That's the medium yeah. – that the, the participants are, are involved in. And so we try to, to do it as a, uh, as, as a student-athlete-friendly type of um, opportunity to see these games, and I think that's how you have to view it. We'll be listening later on tonight, tomorrow night, Indiana Sports Talk. Bob Lovell's got you covered on all fronts, high school, college, professional, later on tonight and tomorrow night. Bob Lovell brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana Joe Childers run Carox locations. Bob, have a great weekend. We'll do it again next week. John, you're the best. Thanks. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers. Hoops tonight. 
Football tomorrow and a lot to discuss with Don in between. He joins us next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Bar and Grill, one of our favorite places, north side. We're 71st in Benford. Love to see you here. We've got Colts tickets to give away with our friends Bud Light. We'll put together our Bud Light Blue Friday per usual, so get here. Benford 71st. It is a Bud Light Blue Friday at GG's. It is my man Dev making sure that we get to you here, our engineering here at GG's. And it's uh, Nathaniel back at the station who was just dialed up via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Uh, gentlemen that will be very busy coming up tonight. You got a little hoop going on versus Marion and the Knights, I believe, this evening. And then tomorrow, Wisconsin and IU football-wise. The voice of the Hoosiers, Don Fisher, joins us. Hello, Don. How are you? I'm good, John. How are you doing? Are you southbound and down right now? That's the way that it sounds. I, I, I am. I'm on the highway as we speak. How fast are you driving? You going a good 75 miles per hour, over or under? What are we doing? I'm, I'm 75 on the button right now. Look at that, man! See, we've known each other too long. When I can guess that, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I'm surprised you didn't guess 80 or 85. <laughs> I, well, I was going to give you an over under until I nailed that thing on the button right there. So that made me feel good. <laughs> Um, hey, Don, I want to ask you about this, and I, I, I did not want to bug you yesterday. I, I sent you a text. I saw you on Big Ten Network, and you know, I, I, yesterday was such a meaningful day, and I wanted to make it that way, and, and I wanted to make it about you know the situation and the passing of Bob Knight at the age of 83, and what you said on Big Ten Network kind of struck me um, as well, and I, I didn't want to bug you with that, but I talked to a lot of folks yesterday, Brian Evans, Mark Patrick, Dusty May, and obviously you've been around that basketball program since 1973. How how meaningful was yesterday for you, considering all that you've been a part of over all these years, going back through the Bob Knight era, Don? Well, it was a sad day. There's no question about that. But from my perspective, uh, I'm just I'm glad of his passing because of the condition that he was in at the end. And I I feel so badly for his family. Uh, At the same time, it's a blessing because uh, he was not doing well. I don't know how many people knew exactly where he was at with his health issues and those kinds of things, but it was not a good thing. And so it's a blessing for that family. I feel feel badly for Karen. I feel badly for Pat, uh, without doubt. But uh, honestly, it is a blessing that he's gone because he was not he was not well and it was it was not going it wasn't going to get any better so 
from that perspective alone, um, I feel good about it. But at the same time, we're all sad because he's no longer with us. So one of the greatest, if not the greatest, college basketball coaches in the country uh, to, uh, up to this point in the in in history. Because I just I, I revere what he was able to do as a basketball coach. He was phenomenal. Um, I, I think the best way to describe it is he saw the game so much differently than just about anybody else in the world. He just looked at it differently, and he had a perspective on college basketball, how it should be played, and he changed the state of Indiana. When he came here in 1971, uh, nobody was playing defense the way Indiana became or, or the way Bob Knight was teaching it. And by the time he was here three or four years, everybody was starting to play. Yeah. That's motion offense and defense first and all those kinds of things. What he did to revolutionize the state of Indiana from a basketball perspective was just, it's unheard of anyplace else. Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Are you and Marion in a basketball game? He's got the call for coming up a little bit later on. There, there will never, ever be anything like that and there has never ever and with all due respect to the Manning era and into Larry Bird coming out of Springs Valley nothing has ever and will ever have the magnitude that Bob Knight had on this state from the time that he was here and then till ultimately the year 2000 nothing will ever be like that again no I agree I just don't think ever nothing took this state uh, nothing took this state by uh, the grasp that Bob Knight did. Nothing uh, ever, sports-wise. And and honestly, um, at the time that he was in his heyday, and, and when Indiana was playing its greatest basketball uh, under him, I think he could have been elected governor of the state. Yeah. <laughs> Just because yeah. people revered what he was capable of doing as a basketball coach. Yeah, I think I, I brought this up yesterday for me, and it was, Don, strictly from a fan's standpoint. When I was first introduced to sports and love sports was at the age of five. And um, I remember this vividly. We're driving to uh, Florida for spring break, and, you know, you're on the call that IU-Kentucky game in, in 75 that most loathe to this day. But that's my real first memory of sports right there. And... You know, whether we're talking about, you know, around the radio listening to you or watching it on Channel 4 or getting in front of the television at noon on Sunday for the Bob Knight talk show, it was always an event and it was always a family affair that started with my grandparents and then it was to me. Um, those are moments that I have vivid memories of that I will always cherish. Well, and I understand that completely because I, I – Having been a part of this thing for for the 20, 27 of Coach Knight's 29 years, um, I saw things that, you know, I never dreamed I would have a chance to be a part of. Uh, so, and, and Indiana basketball uh, in those days was as big as anything in the country. And there's little question, uh, a, a great part of my success has been due to Indiana University basketball success and what Bob Knight brought to the table. Um, there's no question. Uh, yeah, I've been here 51 years, and I think I've done a decent job, but there's no question a great part of my success is due to what Indiana was able to do under Bob Knight. 
Three national titles that I'm sure you had a great pleasure in calling. Um, did one of those title games stand I mean, two of them were at the Spectrum in Philly, and one was an ultimately an unbeaten season. Uh, the other was on the night with the uh, assassination attempt of President Ronald Reagan by John Hinckley Jr., and the other came on one of the iconic last-second call-slash-shots at the Superdome in New Orleans in 1987. Does one stand out to you over the other? Honestly, no. Um, <laughs> and, I, and I say that because they were all three really special national titles in, in the sense of, yeah. first of all, the 32-0 team of 1976. And many would argue that's the, the greatest team that's uh, ever played college basketball. And some would argue that, obviously, the other way. But you have your perspective on it, uh, if you, especially if you saw it and you were alive at the time. And then in 1981, uh, you had Isaiah Thomas, who was without question uh, the greatest player probably under Coach Knight, at least from the standpoint of being the only guy that made uh, was an NBA All-Star uh, from Indiana University under Coach Knight's tutelage. And then the 87 team, how good was that? A, a ball club yeah. that... You know, there was a season on the brink leading up to that, if you remember. Yep. And without question, Bob Knight maybe his greatest coaching. I mean, and you could talk about a lot of different eras that, that Bob Knight had teams that you would have said that was his greatest coaching, uh, you know, greatest coaching job that he did. But I would still say that that 87 team with two junior college players on it, Keith Smart and Dean Garrett, and molding that group very quickly into a team that was special, um, it was just unheard of. What he was able to do with players to get them to buy in and all those kinds of things, I, I was I was dumbfounded that that team was able to win a national championship. And I think, again, I still think it's one of, if not the best, it was certainly one of his best coaching performances. Yeah, so many things stand out. That UNLV game national semifinal where, I mean, you're thinking they're going to run with them, and they did, and outscored UNLV in that incredible offense. You go back earlier, they were down double figures to Auburn in the second round at the Hoosier Dome, if memory serves. And then the, the regional semifinal final dawn had Duke, uh, you know, Krzyzewski versus Knight. And then what, what was an incredible game against LSU. Just so many things. And I often think about 81, too, Don. On. Hey, by the way, there's Popo. All right, slow it down a little bit right there. Slow it down just a tad. Popo's in the area. <laughs> but I, I think about in 81 when they played um, Maryland in an early round. And I think Maryland had Albert King and Buck Williams on that team that went on to have, especially Buck Williams, a great career uh, in the NBA. And, and the kickstart of that, which kind of came out of nowhere, honestly, with that team and the way the season started in 81. Well, and think about this. <laughs> that team against Maryland was down 8 to nothing, yeah. And they called, there was a timeout called, I think the television timeout. And from that point forward, Indiana down 8 nothing. They absolutely destroyed that Maryland ball club under Lefty Brazil. And Lefty, I don't know if you remember this or not, but if they, every time they showed him on the sidelines, he was shaking his head in admiration to what he was seeing out there in yeah. the negative. Obviously, he was 
so upset his team couldn't do anything against that ball club. And they went on to win every ball game in that series uh, of the NCAA tournament that year significantly. It wasn't like, yeah. I mean, they, they basically beat everybody and they beat them soundly. Yeah, I went to the two regional, the semifinal, the final. Because then it was on site, and this was at Assembly Hall in Bloomington, and I attended that as an 11-year-old. And then obviously they go back to, to Philly and get it done. But it was uh, some amazing stuff and some amazing times that we had that, you know, there's a reason why it's so vivid in my memory, in our memory. Uh, obviously you called it. But for me, it was just that development of loving of sports and, you know, doing it with your family at the time. And that's that's really what that meant to me. And that's why yesterday. So it was incredibly meaningful to me as well. I want to thank you for uh, for offering up your thoughts on that, because I know you've been asked a great deal. You've got IU Marion and hoops tonight and then Wisconsin and IU in football tomorrow. Correct. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Tonight, uh, they'll take on a Marion ball club that's going to be undersized and under-talented in regard to what Indiana will put out there. But you know Scott Hetty will have those yep. kids ready to play, and they'll give it their best shot, and it's going to be fun in that context. I think we might see Mike Woodson experiment a little bit tonight with some more uh, different lineups and those kinds of things. I'll have to ask him about that in our pregame show upcoming, but I just have a gut feeling that he might change things up a little bit to start the ball game. Uh, at the same time, uh, then we've got Wisconsin tomorrow in football, and we saw an Indiana team last week that bounced back from a, uh, and really played pretty well against the Penn State team that was ranked 10th in the country and literally had a chance to either tie or win that ball game. They didn't tie it, but they, they had a chance to win it. Unfortunately, they make a mistake and, of course, get beat 33-24. to 24. But uh, I think it gave that ball club a little bit of a confidence boost, a, a more of a belief once again. And maybe we'll see something special tomorrow against this Wisconsin team that's 5-3. and three. I thought that on Saturday at Penn State, there was a little bit of inspiration, maybe excitement, because they knew that your charge card got hit for, like, over two grand for that rooms. On, I mean, maybe that was a little bit behind it. <laughs> uh, all, all, I, all I know is that's the that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. I'm just glad that I was on the expense of the university. <laughs> <laughs> Always, hey Don, hey, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, sharing those thoughts. And I know everybody appreciates that. And obviously loves the call we'll be listening uh, tonight and then coming up obviously tomorrow uh with the football team playing against wisconsin but uh, overall thanks for just being cool and uh being with us every friday and especially talking about something like this that i know is uh so profound in in your mind i appreciate you very much thanks a lot john i appreciate your having me so uh, don fisher voice of the hoosiers right there on the andy moore automotive group hotline Sharing some thoughts regarding the passing of Bob Knight and um, and how meaningful that time was for him here. I I do. I love reliving those three national title runs and those games. I mean, they just stick out so much, don't they? And especially going all the way back to when, when you really develop a love for sports. Can all of you out there remember that time when it began? Because we're going to have a a noticeable amount in that younger generation that probably had a spark during the Manning era. 
you know, all of a sudden, no, wow. There's probably some out there right now that were born in the mid-90s and remember, you know what, the first love, the first enjoyment I really had would have been the Pacer teams, the series with the Pacers and the Knicks, maybe around 2000 when you first really loved it in that Pacer run to the NBA Finals, ultimately succumbing to the L.A. Lakers. So we're going to see, generationally speaking, some difference. Yes, yeah, some different ones there, but it, um, it, it is interesting if you go all the way back, you can always find that first spark that you had that gave you a reason why you wanted to listen, you wanted to watch, you wanted to follow, you, know, you wanted to get the gear of that favorite team or that favorite player of yours. I think we all have that in our mind. And for me, as I mentioned yesterday, you know, that was 1975 when I was five years old and uh, IU and uh, the Bob Knight-led Hoosiers, whom my grandparents loved and absolutely loved dearly. A right, quick break, and we'll come back. It is a Bud Light Blue Friday. We're at 71st in Benford. GG's Bar and Grill. Great food, ice-cold Bud Light, and uh, some Colts tickets to give away a little bit later on as well. Mike Wells coming up after four. Kevin Harlan of CBS is going to be here, too. We've got uh, Mike Chappell coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Get your set for the Panthers and the Colts on Sunday. That and more on a Bud Light Blue Friday. GG's on the North... Northeast side, north side of Indy here. Not quite Castleton, but certainly not too far away. 71st and Benford on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. And you can tell Rolling Stone magazine that my last words were, I'm on drugs. Yeah! 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. GG's, everybody. We love GG's Bar and Grill. 71st and uh, Love to see you here. We've got Colts tickets to give away on a Bud Light Blue Friday. Nathaniel's running things back in the studio. Dev is here with me inside the lounge. The Winshulers Spreadable Cheeses Lounge via YouTube Live. And remember, off 30 minutes early for this show, we go until 5.30. Then we have uh, Colts Happy Hour until 6.30. And then we're going to get you set for the Pacers and Cavaliers coming up. 7 o'clock is when that is underway. 6.30, your coverage begins right here. But again, Bud Light Blue Friday, we've got tickets to give away. I believe it's the, uh, the Colts and Buccaneers, right, I think is what you guys have over there. So get in here, sign up, get some great food, and hang out with us. We would love to see you. Meantime, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline of ESPN Radio, he is our Friday friend, Mike Wells, who joins us. So did I see this accurately were you hanging out with my good buddy Chris Ballard at practice today? 
I was. That was the first time I've been back in the uh, close facility since I le- officially left ESPN as a writer on uh, August 5th, 2022. I decided to uh, make a cameo appearance. It was it, it was a little tough decision, though, because this is borderline golf weather. But uh, I decided to go out and um, hang out, go through there. What, what was interesting was, John, and you'll, you'll find this hilarious, is that, you know, I parked on the side of the building, basically a couple spots away from where uh, head coach Shane Steichen, uh, assistant GM Ed Dodds, and Chris Ballard yeah. Park it, a place I didn't even know existed during my nine seasons of covering the Colts. Hung out in Ballard's office, and we walk out through his door to go to the practice field, and the, the jaws that dropped between Kevin Bowen, uh, Nate Atkins, and uh, James Boyd as they saw me hang yeah. out as general manager – it was uh, it was priceless. They, they had that look. Nate Atkins had to look like, why the hell does Wells get preferential treatment? I just want to say, well, first of all, Ballard likes me better. Uh, but it was uh, <laughs> definitely – I damn guarantee he likes you better than me. I know that. So, yes. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was good to get back over there and uh, watch a little practice. And even good to see my good media buddies. My man Mike Chappell was dressed like it was 95 degrees outside with his shorts and a T-shirt on out there. But uh, no, it, was, it was good to hang out over there with the fellas. Well, good for you. Now, were you doing anything in particular, or are you just kind of hanging out and big-timing everybody? Oh, I was just being nosy and big-timing people. <laughs> well done. I love that. Good for you, man. Good for you. Now, hey. Did you uh, did you quiz Ballard on some things here too? Anything? Did you get any info to add to the show? Yeah, but also I, I did, but uh, I also want to be able to return to the facility at some point. Oh, whoa! I'm, Wait. I'm, I'm, oh, off the record. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not nothing on the record. Um, you know, he wanted to make sure I wasn't doing ESPN radio tonight or this weekend uh, before we talked. Um, so, but no, it, it was definitely good to get out there. Um, I mean, I'm not in the Captain Obvious uh, category. Um, you know, obviously he loves him some um, Anthony Richardson. Um, yeah. But, but beyond that, it was, it was nah, not, nothing else going on, man. And, uh, you know, we did, I, he did, he asked me about uh, what it was like down in Bloomington yesterday, you know, the day after Bob Knight died and everything. Yeah. Is, you know, uh, being on campus, which is definitely a sad day and, and, and everything. Uh, but, right. man. So at least they get to go beat Frank Wright this weekend. Did uh, did you ask him if you needed to try out for corner since he really set this team up for greatness at that position this year? Uh, he he would have he, he just looked at my waistline and laughed. And, he, <laughs> and I said, do you need a cornerback? Uh, so, but, man, that you, I, 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 uh, I'm surprised that, that, that Brown was able to get back and lead the locker room and get and, uh, not be escorted out of Lucas Oil Stadium last weekend. Yeah, it, it was brutal, much like Daryl Baker Jr. the week prior. But here's what you understand, especially in terms of Brown. The last place he really needed to be was the position that he was playing on Sunday, too. I, and, you know, if you're out there, you got to make plays. But he had no business being out there. And really, those that put him in that situation, injuries or not, had no business of putting him in that situation. Yeah, no, it was – I mean, you talk about the showing a lack of depth and being exposed, 
Um, yeah. they, they made they, they, they made Derek Carr look like a hell of a quarterback out there. The way they were picking on him, and it, it's thank goodness for the Colts that their their next two games are against the against the, um, the Panthers and then the Patriots. So they got a chance to try to get something going. Uh, you know, if they know how to protect the damn ball, because as much as we talk about the lack of depth at cornerback, they don't know how to hold on the ball. They they hold on they hold on to the ball as well as I hold on to my chicken wings. Uh, you mean, as in bad? You mean, mean eating them or what? Not dropping them? Yeah, I know. The way I eat my chicken wings is so saucy, I can't hold on to them. That's how oh, okay. The football. I mean, that, that's how bad they are when it comes to turning over the, turning over the football. It's, you know, I, I talk to people all the time, you know, especially here in Brownsburg, and right. the consensus is, is that they're the culture in that position now where when Anthony Richards was playing, you look at it as, okay, there's some hope and some optimism and enjoy him. But I think people are starting to get to that point where, like, all right, Gardner Minshew is who he is. He's a damn backup quarterback. The odds of winning are slim. So it's time to look forward to next year, uh, start looking forward to what next season is going to be for the Colts. So, uh, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio was out of Colts practice today, hanging out big time at everybody. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. You know, I, I believe it's almost like to the day in a year's time, if, if Frank Reich and Carolina beats the Colts on Sunday, what that's going to be the 5th of November. And I want to say, was he not fired on the 7th? of November by the Colts a year ago. So it's almost going to be a year to the day if memory serves. Hey, not that Frank would do this, but if he were to beat the Colts, uh, I mean, he'd have a chance. He could act like Nick Soriani did when they came from behind and beat the Colts <laughs> and, have, and have a gigantic ramp and, you know, go in and pull the middle, middle finger, up, especially if it's bordering around that 365-day mark since he got fired after that dismal performance in Foxborough last year. Oh, man. I thought thought it was the seventh when he got fired, and I believe that game is is, uh, coming up on the fifth, I want to say. I could be wrong. What is – well, I'd have to look on today's date exactly, but I believe the yeah, today's the third. Yeah, that'd be the fifth coming up on Sunday. So almost a year to the day. And I, I don't know what you think about that. We thought last year had Carson Wentz played and been the quarterback for the commanders and he would have beaten the Colts. That would have been like the most embarrassing moment really of all time or close to all time around here other than that play that Chuck Pagano cobbled together on a fourth down years ago. However... You know, we remember Taylor Heineke was the one that quarterbacked on that day. I would have to think, though, going to Carolina and giving the second win to the Panthers and doing it with Frank Reich at the helm over there on Sunday would rank really high with Colts fans uh, on the embarrassment factor. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes and no on this one. I'm going to say yes okay. because it, it is Frank Reich and it's clear that the, that the Carolina Panthers – are just a horrible football team. They're not a good football team at all. But with that said, if you ask just about any Colts fan, they'll say they, they would rather have um, Shane Steichen as a head coach over Frank Wright. So it, it, it's not like, okay, uh, you know what, they made a mistake, so Wright, the Panthers win. I think it's more so that the Panthers stink. They're just a bad, abysmal football team, and you let um, them get their second straight win, it'd be just, you know, both wins will be over – AFC South uh, opponents. So that's where I think there'd be more people pissed off. And then they got to go all the way across the pond to Frankfurt next weekend. Yeah. God, that makes for a long, a long week. 
I'm telling you, this this has all the makings. And and really, I've said this before. This is already lost, considering you're not getting the guy that needs the reps the most, any reps whatsoever, because Anthony Richardson is done. But you talk about an unforgiving lost season. If you were to lose this week, go to Frankfurt, lose again, then have a bye week. Uh, I mean, this thing could really circle the drain with yet another loss in Charlotte on Sunday, Mike. Yeah. Now, okay, let's put out this. Mm-hmm. Are you going to? Are you picking the Colts to win or lose? I have officially picked them to win. I, I don't have a rightly idea why I did. Uh, I just, I, I guess, here's the angle, Mike. I don't want to come on on Monday and explain why or how or how bad it is if you lose to Frank Reich and this Carolina team on Sunday. Know what I mean? I just don't know if I really want that. I'd rather be talking about a team that gets a win. So maybe it's me trying to nudge them because I really have no firm belief. I have no firm belief. I talked to um, Anish Sharaf from ESPN, who's their play-by-play guy, and he said, you know, Bryce Young's primed for a breakout signature type of rookie in-game performance. And when you look at it with what the Colts have in the secondary right now and what they're not doing up front and no Grover Stewart up front – could there be a team more ripe for that type of performance or giving that up to Bryce Young than the Colts on Sunday? So, you know, my, my thought process, other than not wanting to have to talk about that on Monday from 3 until 6, my thought process really didn't make sense because the Colts look like that type of team that could give it not only up to the rookie quarterback, but give it up for the second win of the season to Carolina. Man, oh, dude, yeah, that that will make for a long three hours on Monday. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick, I'm gonna pick the Colts to win too. I'm gonna pick to win, but you know what? You know, uh, as a you know side note to everything, to what's going on with them and the potential of maybe losing to a, a one-win Panthers team is Shaq Leonard's comments yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you you talk about a guy who is, you know, I don't want to say he has one foot out the door, but. Maybe the Colts have have one foot out on the door on him, you know, essentially him saying that he's buried buried on the sideline as far as as far as snaps goes. And you can't you can't really argue with how Gus Bradley is looking at things. I mean I'd have, Yeah, and I, I I would have to argue too that um I don't know what the dead cap money is going to be after this, but I, I would suggest right now, after those comments and the way that he's being utilized or lack thereof that Colts fans may be watching the final performances of Shaq Leonard here. You know, and again, I don't, I haven't looked at the dead cap money that that would provide, but I, w- without, without an updating of his salary in some form or fashion and the way that he's being utilized right now and what he said yesterday uh, in terms of how he's not being utilized was very Michael Pittman Jr.-esque. Um, from what he said about, you know, maybe I'm you know not a part of it. And, you know, and, and that's beyond the lack of splash plays and turnovers. Mike, because two years ago he did that, and there was a high bar set there that we all knew he was not going to reach within this defense. And now he's being subbed out on third downs often in the way that this thing looks right now. Does it not look like a team and a player that probably has a view? that he's not going to be around next year. That's that's kind of how I took it the past couple of days. And then, you know, Shane Steichen being asked that today and saying, we'll see. 
Oh, check that. I'm sorry. It wasn't we'll see. We'll keep that in-house. He said we'll see about Jelani Woods playing this year, the tight end. But we'll keep that in-house regarding Shaquille Leonard. Um, it just kind of seems like maybe that's the path in which Mike were walking. Well, listen, listen. I, I, I'm going to take the word might out of your mouth, Jerry. I mean, this is a guy who was one of the top defensive players in the NFL a couple years ago. A guy on third down in a close game could come up and punch the ball away, make that big play, and be that momentum-changing play player for the Colts. To now being on the sideline, helmet on the hip, staring out there, where Zaire Franklin is the face of that defensive unit now. Zaire Franklin is the face. I would have never thought it was not going to be Darius Leonard. I thought Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson were going to be the guys that everybody – and Jonathan Taylor, that people would talk about for, for years to come for this franchise. And now Shaq Leonard is, has been put into the role of essentially cheerleader on the side now, on, on the sideline when it comes to third now. So well, you guys, yeah. I, I, I'm going to believe that, yeah, it's the Colts. They don't see that same player. Unfortunately, you know, number of injuries and everything, that it might, it, it, they're looking at the point where um, it'll be time to move on unless Shaq turns it on in the second half of the season. Well, it also looks like you had another really bad decision by your buddy, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, hey, you know what? You can say that, that, could, be, that could be the nickname going forward now. <laughs> your uh, buddy. Hey, I, I'm a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Your, your your buddy, that, that, that's another one. and It's, it's a good thing hey. he got a reboot because that one's going to stick out like a sore thumb, too, on your buddy's resume. Man, now you're starting to sound like somebody else. <laughs> <in this situation. laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But no, you know, mm. that, could, that could be, that could be uh, you can go, you can say that um, now going, but no, <clears throat> that's the reality is, I mean, you can't knock it. Because unfortunately, Darius just is not, and I, I'm calling him Darius. Maybe he needs to go back yeah. to being called Darius to getting back to uh, playing the way he is. He's not the same player. He's not a premier defensive player in the NFL anymore. That's just where it, it, that is a fact. Until he pro- proves us wrong, nobody can say, okay, Darius Leonard is that guy. He needs to have a game where he is all over the field. And remember a couple of years ago when he got mad when, um, what's the 49ers linebacker's name? Uh, Fred Warner? Yes. Um, he got. He felt like he was slighted when it came to being put behind Fred Warner as far as um, linebackers go when Aaron Rodgers made that comment about who's best linebacker in the NFL. And now Darius Leonard isn't even being talked about when it comes to top defensive players in the, in the NFL. And Mike, he comes off the field on third down. I mean, it just yeah. – <laughs> it, is, it is not a, a good situation for him, too. And I, I would say you're right. I just There's not much of a way – that you think this is not the final times that we see him play uh, coming up here too. So, all right. So you're hanging out with your buddy today out there at Colts practice. So that's cool in his office. <laughs> uh, so are you going to go, are you going to go downtown tonight and hang out with your other buddy, Kevin Pritchard at Gamebridge field house? Did you hit you both know, I buddies? Got, I, 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 true story. I got offered tickets and I was going to take Kate out there tonight, but, um, uh, we got some stuff going on. So I, I could have had uh, double buddies in this situation, man. But I, I'm going to Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, know what you ha- I don't know what you have going on, but it's not watching Brownsburg's football team in the sectional final, is it? That's unfortunate. Man, you, oh, man. Oh, did I just so- stick you like, ooh, I'm sorry, Brownsburg. Oh. I love you. 
Sorry about that. What in the world? What happened at Ben Davis? What'd you do? I got to give BD credit, man. They're down 25 to 7 in the fourth quarter. They never felt like they were out of the game. BD never felt like they were out. Even with three turnovers in the first half, those guys felt like it just took a play to get going. And then when um, Browns versus QB threw the pick six to make it a 25 21, you can just kind of felt you felt like the air went out uh, the room when it came to Brownsburg. So I got I got to give Ben Davis credit. Uh, I know that would probably piss some Brownsburg people off, but I got to give BD uh, credit. So let me ask you: Would you rather lose like that or lose by fifty points to the Boston Celtics? Um. Uh, yeah. No doubt. Well, here's what we saw the other night in Boston, Mike. Mike Wells joins us, by the way. You saw a team that didn't compete. That, that's what pisses me off more than anything. And I mean, and even Miles, 33 is on my piss list right now, too, because they played like a team that didn't want to compete from the start to the finish. I mean, have a little bit of pride. I mean, they let Boston, I don't care how good Boston is put together, how, they let it run it up. And I know it's early in the season, but, man, that was embarrassing. And even if you could tune in and watch if you were allowed by the world's crappiest app at Bally Sports, if you have that, to tune in to watch, you would not have wanted to because it was so stinking embarrassing. They just they didn't have any pride, Mike. That was unfortunate. Yeah, not only not only by the number of points they lost by, but the fact they gave them 155 points. Yeah. I mean, goodness great. You and I would have got some playing time off the end of the bench of the Celtics. Had we played that night, Which, and it's it's disappointing because I know you know injuries happen, that guys miss time, but man, I, I gotta tell you, I'm sipping the Kool Aid on the blue and gold this year. I'm thinking, all right, this year they're gonna take turn the corner. I know it's only one game, but dang, that to look that bad in one game this early in the season. There's no excuses for it. Mike, Mike, they gave up 44 in the first quarter Wednesday night and 46 in the fourth, and I know they were just blanking around in the fourth. But 44, 31, 34, and 46, you just, there's no pride there. There's no competing there. There's no nothing you can do with that. If they don't come out here tonight and beat the absolute hell out of Cleveland, then I, somebody needs to go ahead and dig up where their pride might be because that was a joke on Wednesday night. I don't care what time of year it is. I don't care what the circumstances are. That's flat embarrassing. 155? Come on. Yeah, and listen, I mean, because they got, what, tonight, Cleveland, tomorrow, at home against the Warriors, too, right? Back-to-back home right. games, right? Right. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they they, they need they need to go out and have two convincing victories because the, the reality, the, the city is behind this team right now. We saw what happened late, like, you know, after they had that hot stretch and then they kind of plummeted down the road. It just, it, it, you know, they, the, the people had started having questions about everything. So there's no excuse. They have to lock down Donovan Mitchell and company tonight. They have to come out and get after it. I, I think they need to have a better defensive performance and offensive performance tonight, in my opinion. Well, that'd be nice. Defensively, they're just not showing up. And, and like I said, that's, that's all about a pride factor. I thought Wednesday night was more, you know, about stepping up and, and putting a stop to that than it was anything else. And, they didn't feel like that they had the need and certainly the type of uh, artillery, unfortunately, to do it. Are you guys playing this weekend? Uh, no, take that one soccer game, but no, no basketball game. And I was going oh, to no. no matter what, I was going to come in and dive in and tell you, man, 
props to my girl Lainey last weekend, going out, playing on both ends of the court. I know Center Grove, the Center Grove girls they pulled the Brownsburg. They, they pulled a Brownsburg. We did, yes. And couldn't close it out in eighth grade middle school girls basketball. Uh, well, my girl Lainey, word on the not, not only is this coming from her daddy's mouth, but from my man Kurt Kramer, whose daughter plays on that Roncalli team, telling me that Lainey played her butt off last weekend. So props to my girl. Well, thank Kurt for saying that, too. I blame, blame the coach and me, the assistant coach, and I blame the facilities at Perry Meridian High School because for some reason they invite all these people in to have them pay $10 a pop to get in and you don't unlock any, any, any bathrooms. I, I think I took a whiz in a trash can in somebody's office. So I had to pee the entire time. And I, I can't coach Mike if I got to pee. Just can't. Man, I, hey, hey, word on the street, they said they saw you turn, turn to the corner with your back to everybody, man. <laughs> I did. I just didn't have a bottle. Well, forget it. I better not even say that. Forget it, Mike. You're going to take me down a path, get me in trouble right here. Hey, well, tell the fam I said hello. Tell the lovely Layla I said hello. And uh, we'll see each other, I'm sure, again soon. I think we play at Franklin Central twice coming up. But I, I've got Colts pregame huddle, so – uh, the well, awesome hey, Sarah Walsh will be coaching them up. Hey, I'm glad I'm glad you're a pregame huddle because your girl Layla is all about trying to get me to drive down to Franklin Central. Do it. And I, I, I said, no, no, you, you're not going to do so we don't need to go. Do it. So, hey, buddy, I appreciate you. Good seeing you back out there today, too. And uh, way to rub it in to everybody else that covers them, too. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. So, Mike Wells of ESPN Radio and the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Gigi's Bar and Grill, Bud Light Blue Friday. Colts tickets to give away and great food right here, too. What a staple at 71st in Benford. Would love to see you, Kevin Harlan, CBS and TNT voice. We'll talk with him about the passing of Bob Knight, the games that he called, and this matchup coming up on Sunday as well. Mike Chappell, top of the 5 o'clock hour. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. It's called Sex Panther by Odeon. It's illegal in nine countries. It's quite pungent. It stings the nostrils. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, welcome back. GG Sports Grill, 71st in Benford on this Bud Light Blue Friday. The voice of the Hoosiers, long time, shared thoughts on the passing of Bob Knight, Don Fisher. Don Fisher's got IU and Marion University tonight at Bloomington. Tomorrow at noon, it's Wisconsin and IU down in Bloomington as well. Of course, Pacers, Gambridge Fieldhouse versus Cleveland. That new floor is in effect going on at Gambridge Fieldhouse. That and more in the Colts. 
in Charlotte versus Carolina coming up on Sunday. And to talk about that, longtime incredible voice of so many things, of CBS and TNT, one of the, if not the best out there right now, let's welcome in Kevin Harlan. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Well, it's so nice of you to say. Thank you. Great to be on with you. Thank you very much. Outstanding. I, there's so much going on. There's so much going on in your life in terms of play-by-play. I was always curious because you're bouncing back and forth all the time. You know, you're doing TNT. You're doing the Monday night game, for example, as well on Westwood One. You do the uh, CBS games on Sunday. How long does it take you to prep the way that you want to prep for a game, Kevin? Uh, it is all week, every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this time of year when, yep. when it got to Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, it's um, – there is no off day, but that's what we signed up for and happy to be in the business and enjoy my job. And I don't like to travel as much as I once did, but, um, you know, you, you, you're really you're, you're working up almost until the kickoff or the tip off, depending on what sport you're doing. Yeah. You're you're basically just getting notes constantly and hoping that you've got enough. And usually it's enough to carry you through. I always, when people ask me this on a much lower scale, I always say, you know, life and what we do is prep itself, and it never ends. It's always whatever you're doing, whatever you're watching, whatever you're soaking up, that's prep for whatever your next broadcast is going to be. It is, and, you know, uh, with a, with a broadcaster, I think that if you're not constantly going back over your own work and watching yeah. or listening to your games you've just done, you're going to fall behind, and... And uh, the older I get, the longer I'm in the business, the more I've got to watch and tweak and try to evolve. And I think that's what kind of keeps it fresh and challenging. And I enjoy that challenge. So uh, Kevin Arlett of CBS, we'll talk about the Colts and the Panthers coming up on Sunday in a minute. I watched a game in the celebration uh, of the life, the 83 years of Bob Knight, who passed away a couple of days ago, the legendary college basketball coach. It was a game that you were calling with, I believe, John Sunvold. Back in 2000, IU and Michigan State at Assembly Hall in Bloomington. I was kind of curious, too. How many games do you remember, do you recollect, calling where Bob Knight was coaching on the sideline? Just a couple. I did a couple at Texas Tech, and I did a couple at IU. Um, and quite frankly, uh, and I forget, you mentioned John. Um, that would have made sense back then with CBS. Yeah. I, um, I, I, I don't recall asking him a lot of questions. I figured at that stage he probably, you know, wasn't really interested in, in who I was. <laughs> yeah. and, to be, and to be quite honest, I, what, what am I going to ask him that's going to make a lot of sense? A lot of times we go into these meetings, whether it was Bill Parcells or Belichick or, or some of these, you know, just, just even these incredible coaches with the long history, Don Shula, whoever I was, whoever I was broadcasting. And, and sometimes you just don't know if a question is really even – adequate to ask so you become a good listener and i believe that if i go back and try to remember (laughs) i think that's the way the that's the way i was with coach knight i used to just listen to the questions my my analyst was asking and his answers and go from there and if i had a question that made sense i may ask it but i was a better listener i think than a than a questioner but he was larger than life i mean physically and, and and otherwise he was he was just one of those historical figures that you could not take your eyes off of or not even bear to miss one word he said. He just had that kind of effect. 
No doubt about that. Kevin Harlan of CBS, of TNT, of Westwood Ones on the Andy Moore on the Motley Group Hotline. Gamebridge Fieldhouse tonight of the NBA as the Pacers coming off of gagging up like 150-plus the other night in Boston. They hit Cleveland tonight. What, what do you think about this in-season tournament that the NBA and their players and teams are embarking upon right now? You know, I, I'm intrigued by it because this has kind of been the low of the NBA season, quite frankly. This has been the I don't want to say dead period because every game matters and everything is important. Um, but but fan interest after the first week, you know, uh, the, the numbers reflect it. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if ticket sales do, but um, it, it's a time where the NBA was probably searching for a little traction, a little footing in the, in the big landscape of, of sports. And what this does is it makes it interesting. It, it, it gives even more meaning to the regular season. I'm all in favor of things that can make these 82 games um, meaningful. And I think this is a good step in the right direction. I, I wonder how the significance financially for some of these guys and these teams, how that will end up weighing into this, whether it will or won't. I saw where Pacer guard Tyrese Halliburton had mentioned, you know, maybe the winner getting an automatic bid or something like that. But then when you do that, Kevin, it seems like, all right, so now you, you put putting these early season games of significance over some others as well. I, I, I honestly don't know what should be done until we see how this is executed. Would you believe? Yeah, I, I, I do think for players, once they get past the halfway point of the season, they can begin to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and then it yeah. becomes a race. And it becomes good. You know, those last 30, 40 games have meaning. And the last 20 are terrific. And now they put the play-in situation uh, into the the format. And that has conjured up a ton of interest. And the race to get one of those spots, if you're not one of the top six, and, and then trying to get a home court in that situation, has proven to be very successful. So I think the NBA is hoping that 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 format, that feel, will translate to this portion of the season and and give these teams kind of kind of rev them up a little bit, continue the spirit of competition. Um, uh, listen, uh, 82 games is a, is a rigorous schedule. Um, I, I personally think the league would be better if they would cut their games. You'd have more practice time. You'd have more rest time. You'd have more meaningful games. Every game would mean more. Um, but because of the ownership and how they've got to get those dates in those arenas, uh, they're not going to get back games. So you've got to be creative, and this is one way to do it. And, and it works in soccer. It works at the end of the season with the play-in tournament. And um, I'm, I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that it works now, that, that, that it does build in a, a, a more competitive, more compelling product during this kind of a lost portion of the regular season. Yeah, it's funny, Kevin, when you think about it, I haven't heard really any players be negative, and I guess it might be tough to do that since we have not you know, been through it yet, but I can understand why you wouldn't want to be right now because what that would do is likely Pied Piper to the fans out there that, hey, you know, if he doesn't like it and he's playing in it, then I don't like it. So it's probably better off just to see exactly how it goes, and then we'll base all our opinions on what we see, how compelling it is or it is not, again, in a portion of the NBA season that oftentimes is uh, is covered up by football collegially, right. NFL-wise, and yeah. other things. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I, you know, this, this, is a, this is a tough time for the NBA as it is for the NHL. Uh, listen, we just saw some record low ratings for the uh, World Series. And the landscape is changing in terms of how people are consuming all these games, uh, what catches their interest. Baseball this year tried to speed up games, and it worked very well. They had better attendance. They had, they had uh, shorter games. Um, the ratings were better locally. Um, the problem is, is that baseball is becoming more of a provincial sport. It is not the national sport it once was. And college football and the NFL are swallowing it up. And the NBA just doesn't want to get swallowed up as well. So Kevin Arlen's got the call. Carolina Colts coming up on Sunday. Once upon a time, we thought this was going to be Bryce Young and Anthony Richardson. Of course, we know that now will not be the case. How are you sizing up this game? And obviously the Colts uh, on a losing streak right now, getting ready to go to Frankfurt, Germany. And Frank Reich, their former coach, almost Kevin to the day. Let's just say, for example, Carolina wins on Sunday. I believe he was fired on November the 7th of a year ago. It would be November the 5th if, if he and Carolina were able to beat the Colts on Sunday. So I think that is a significant storyline going into this weekend as well. It is. We talked to Frank yesterday and we interviewed him. Our CBS crew did. And he is so appreciative of his time in Indianapolis. Love the city. We know he's got a foundation there. He does some charitable work. Um, he really he loved his time with the Colts. It didn't end the way he wanted it to. Um, and, and, and clearly the, the long-term deal was that he would be there and, and in charge. He's, he's, he's without question one of the great gentlemen in the business, and you all got to know him. And, but it didn't work out, and Mr. Ursay made the change, and um, I think they feel like, like they've got a little bit of life with their offense now, and, and, uh, and they've got some hope, and, and the Colts feel like uh, – like, like maybe they, that they've made the right choice. I mean, time will tell. Yeah. But uh, Frank Reich is nothing great, uh, has nothing but great things to say about his time with the organization, dealing with the people in the organization, the city of Indianapolis. I mean, he just, he, he really loved it. And he was incredibly disappointed. I mean, you know, he had a lot of years left on his contract yeah. and he could have, he could have just sat there and, uh, but he wants to coach. He, he's a coach. He, he, he is, he's a lifer. He loves football, and and he's found uh, what we think is a, a you know some a, a new new place to, to do what he wants to do in in Charlotte. And now we will have to see if the owner is going to be patient because they lost their first six games. They won this past weekend. They've got a rookie quarterback. I mean, they're they're in a complete rebuild, and um, and those you need the patience. And we'll just see if this organization. Uh, we'll show it. It doesn't happen overnight, as we know. Yeah, and uh, rarely any longer do you see any form of patience anywhere in any sport. I mean, really, not just professional sports, but sports in general. I, I think maybe one of the, the few real descriptions of patience would be how the Colts and Jim Irsay have handled Chris Ballard because he's going into year seven without anywhere near the results that anybody thought, including Jim Irsay, that he was going to get. Yet you see, you know, in the offseason, he gets this reboot. He's going to have to, in my opinion, at least three years to try to get this thing right. And all that's going to hinge on a quarterback, Kevin. Unfortunately, you guys are going to see on Sunday, and we're not going to see any longer or not again until next year. That's the unfortunate portion of this season for the Colts. It is, and the kid began well and was really making a uh... – was really making a move. He was he was one of the more intriguing players 
in the first month of the season, and it's a shame that uh, that he had the shoulder injury. Um, but uh, but you know, quite frankly, I mean, from afar, and we're not there every practice, and don't watch every game, and don't read the stories every day. But uh, you know, when you, when you lose somebody like Luck, as they did in that training camp of a couple years ago, and you're you're sideswiped by that. Um, that, that's tough for any organization. I don't care who you are to come back from some, something that devastating. When you've got someone as prolific as he was and you're hinging so much on what he's going to do and building around him, and then all of a sudden, uh, literally overnight it ends, um, that, 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 is, that is almost an impossible, at that position, almost an impossible thing for an organization to just you know pick themselves up and dust themselves off and, and get back at it again. It, it doesn't happen that way when you've invested so much and built so much around one player. And it was what it was. He's now gone. Um, and, and since that time, the team has, has had a hard time getting any kind of traction. Hey, Kevin, are you a fan of old-school television sitcoms? Uh, yeah. To, yeah to, to, if, I don't get a lot of time to watch a lot of TV yeah. these days, but when I, yeah, I, I enjoy it, sure. When, you're, when you were growing up, so uh, I will give you this. What it took place with Luck uh, was inspired with the, the cutting of the era of Manning, and that is essentially the same as when Bobby and the Brady Bunch went to Florida and he picked up that, that, that tiki and they met Vincent Price. I shouldn't say Florida, in Hawaii. And they picked up that, that tiki that brought the entire family bad luck. When, when Jim Mercer cut loose Peyton Manning, that's essentially which has happened around here. I mean, I know when they went to the AFC title game, Kevin, um, but they still, you know, that brought upon us deflate gate, which was another negative. There's been nothing but negative around here. And, and, and really, you're kind of wondering if there needs to be some sort of exorcism around here at some point. It just seems like it's two steps forward and three steps back, just like the Brady Bunch going to Hawaii when Bobby picked up that tiki. So I think something needs to be done at some point just beyond the on-the-field football game kevin honestly something well yeah well the quarterback position is the single most uh, difficult position to get right in any sport not just football but in any sport it it, it it controls so much of the game and you were lucky to have manning and then follow that up with luck and it, it's amazing that the organization had that but but what is just like almost just hard even to fathom is that a player would would decide to make that kind of decision at, at, at the height of his career, and and um, you know I, again I'd have to go back and see what the temperature was when when he made the announcement that he was going to yeah. retire, but um, all I know is is that when that happens, I mean that, that that's like losing somebody in your family. I mean you just can't. That, that's just that's it's irreplaceable. I mean and his start was as you know was phenomenal and that. It, it, it's, it's just it's just hard to come back from that, and I get it. It's it's hard, and and uh, when you've got good momentum, it seems like everything you do, every pick you make, every street free agent you sign, everything works, everything goes your way in games, uh, on and on and on and on, and 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 you just you just you sometimes you like in Kansas City with with Mahomes. I mean, they get yeah. Mahomes, and the whole thing just turns right around. So that quarterback is. It's elusive, and and maybe in Richardson they have found found that guy. It's hard to say. It's a shame he's injured because you just can't you just can't get a, a real feel for where he's going to be. He's losing a, a basically a complete season, and you're going to have to wait till next year to see what he is.
Hey, Kevin, feel free to use my Brady Bunch analogy on Sunday if you like, okay? Right. I mean, you can, dro- <laughs> you, can, you can drop that in because uh, up until Anthony Richardson now, uh, they've been, like, trying to replenish that quarterback position since luck with a bunch of Olivers. So you can use that, too, another Brady Bunch yeah. reference right there. So, hey, feel free, and uh, there's no charge for that uh, reference on Sunday. Good hey, to know. Thank you very uh, much. <laughs> honestly, it, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on. You are an absolute joy to listen to in whatever you're doing. And I know a lot of people would listen to you, you know, give play-by-play off the back of a cereal box. It is just an enjoyment every (laughs) single time. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Thank you so much for coming on this show. And here's hoping we do it again either, you know, over the course of the football season, the NBA season, the college basketball season. Thanks for coming on the show here in Indy today, Kevin. Well, I'd, I'd love to visit again, and thank you again for your very kind words. They're most appreciated. Have a great weekend. Kevin Harlan right there of CBS. You can hear him on Sunday. He is state of the RGG Bar and Grill, Northside, 71st in Benford, Bud Light Blue Friday. Colts tickets to give away a little bit over. I enjoyed that conversation a great deal. Hope you did, too. Back with you, Mike Chappell, coming up at the top of the hour, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The Ride with JMV. Now you listen here. He's not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. Now go away. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Hey, Daryl, am I supposed to take this shot right here? What is it? Huh? I like it, buddy. Thank you very much. Daryl's here. GG's Barn Grill. 71st in Benford, Bud Light Blue Friday. Cole's tickets to give away. Thank you all for joining us. Kevin Harlan, a little bit early of CBS. Don Fisher was here. Bob Lovell was here. James back in studio. We got to bail 30 minutes early because of Colts happy hour. And then you've got preparation in that pregame show coming up at 6.30 for the Cavaliers and the Pacers with Mark Boyle and company. Pacers hoops here on the fan tonight. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. A lot of cover, not a lot of time to do so from CBS 4 and Fox 59. Mike Chappell joins us. Interesting practice today. I guess I want to start right here regarding Braden Smith. Um, looks like he's going to miss another week, I guess. That would be four weeks. Uh, why not just put him on in-season IR where he'd be out four weeks anyway? Do they kind of look back on that as a mistake, or is it really you know, nothing to look, look for other than the fact he missed those four games? How's that viewed right now, Mike? No, I'm sure. I mean, looking back, at, they didn't anticipate it being this long. I mean, if they thought four games, he would have gone on IR. Uh, maybe they thought two games, three games. It's taken longer. That's just one of those where you 
you sort of, I don't want to say roll the dice, but you make your your best calculated yeah. move based on the information, and they didn't think it would be this long. Sort of the same with Juju Brents. You know, he's he's missed two games, I think it is, and, and you know, put him on IR. Well, I don't know. You get two more games, and then you get to buy, so it, it's probably not going to matter. But uh, yeah, I, I think if they had a do-over, they would have put uh, Braden Smith on IR. You've seen a lot of messes in the secondaries of the past here. And we saw a lot yeah. of messes when I first got here, a lot of messes in the early 90s. Was was that, and realistically, in the last couple of weeks, as big a mess in the secondary that you've seen? Yeah, self, self-created. I mean, yeah. y- yes, there's, yes, there's injuries. Yes. I mean, you've lost, you know, two guys with Dallas and, and, and Juju Brent. Yes, I understand that. But – you know, they they have built the roster this way, the cornerback room this way, which, gosh, I, I still don't understand. You know, you're always going to test your depth when you have injuries, but they, they could have and should have been more, uh, done a better job of, of having more experienced players there. I mean, you, you can you can go young as, as was, that, that was the plan, is to go young with, you know, three draft picks, One's no longer here, Darius Rush, and, and even with, with Daryl Baker and and uh, Dallas Flowers, that's fine. But they just didn't do much, if anything, to to prepare for these injuries. In that, when somebody goes down, they can have a proven player, not proven, but a re- more reliable player uh, step in. When we talked to Gus Bradley on Tuesday, and he sort of said, you know, I mean, it was just it was just a, a, a strange. Omission or admission to say, well, you know, we knew what DJ could do, Daryl Baker, and we wanted to find out what Tony Brown can do. Well, that's, you know, that's what you do in week one of preseason, not week eight of the season. So, yeah, in as, as, as many flaws as there have been the last few weeks, the turnovers against Cleveland and, and whatever else, they, they, I think there's a very, very good chance they win those two games if they get moderately better play at corner with, with the, 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 the mess-ups by Daryl Baker against Cleveland and, and then Tony Brown last week. So, yeah, it's – it's we'll see where – and that's what's so frustrating is that the, the, those games were there to be won. Yeah. Uh, and, yep. and we'll see what they do this week. But, you know, I don't know, I don't know who's next in line at Baskin-Robbins, but we'll see. Here's what's funny about it. Not only were those games there to be won – but this season was here to be you know, more competitive than what we've seen right now. And it just, it just seems like we always kind of fall back on ifs and buts. If they would have done this in building, if they would have done this in preparation. Um, yeah, and, and we're not, I, we're not talking, we're not talking, boy, if you, if you'd have exactly. find a, a, a former pro bowl guy here, no, it's, 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 if they just would have had something more, 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 more experienced, I guess. You know, and again, it's so that's what we do in the media because we do, but we look back and look ahead. And but we've been told, though, we've been talking. Chris Ballard, you know, at the top of the list is depth, depth this yes. and depth that. Yes. When the hell is the last time this team ever had depth at anything? Well, see, I, I always correct people. They have depth. Uh-oh. De- depth is bias. <laughs> oh, no, no. I, see, I disagree with that. I think death means somebody competent to come in and play. Well, 
I, I, I use reliable depth, but I, but <laughs> we're, we're, we're splitting hairs here. But no, I know. That, and then you're playing Carolina, and then you've got New England, and yeah. you know, and, and you know, like like Kevin Bowen and I were talking, he, and he brought up is look at the quarterbacks they play the rest of the season. You got Joe Burrow, and then who's the second best quarterback you're going to face? C.J. Stroud. I mean, it, it's just it's it's there. I realize any given Sunday and all that stuff, but this is not relatively a difficult schedule, even still. I mean, did Pittsburgh show you anything last night? It, it didn't me. You know, the Raiders and in, in Houston again, and, and it's it's frustrating again. To, to this is something that, that we talked about since June, really since Isaiah Rogers was suspended. As well, surely they're going to bring somebody in. To, to kind of replace his pre, his experience, which they haven't done, and I don't know. It's it's it, it's it, it is kind of uh, strange how they've done this, and you know, if we'll, we'll see what Blake Freeland's status is on Sunday, I think he's questionable. Yeah, and and if he doesn't play with Braden Smith out, we were trying to figure in the media, media room today it, who's the starter. I mean, Arlington handbrake. I mean, I, I yeah. don't know. Well, I, 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 I thought it'd be Hambright myself, but yeah. Yeah, probably. Uh, I looked, there's not another tackle on the roster, even on the practice squad. A lot of guards. So, I don't know. It, it, it's strange. And I don't know whether this season nah, – I'll just say maybe this season got more winnable because Richardson was further along and then this, that, and the other. But, but even with that, it, it still behooves the personnel guys to give the, the – the, the, the the secondary better options and you know and and I don't know it, it it's just I, I, strange is the only word I can use. So Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox with the nines on the Andy Moore on the Motherfruit Pipeline, Gigi's Bar and Grill on a Bud Light Blue Friday, seventy first in Benford. Um, so was anybody there today pissed off when Mike Wells big timed you guys? He with never comes on Fridays. Good God. <laughs> he, he gets an in, invite. He gets an invite from probably Chris or somebody, and he comes yeah. out here and he's strutting as Mike Wells struts. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he, he, it's always good to see him. What we what we've missed, and, and you know Mike, and you know Mike away. You, you just know Mike from being around him. Yeah. What we've missed from Mike Wells are certain words that he uses amongst friends. And they've been in in short supply in the media room, so it's always good to have him come out. And but no, it's it's great to see him because you know it's funny. I was talking to Stephen Holder a, a while ago about how things worked out at the Star and with me and all this. And you know, Stephen Holder, like I said, yes, yeah, Stephen. I said you're the one that that pushed me out. Well, first it was it was Mike Wells. <laughs> Mike Wells was the first guy we're supposed to. Push, push me back. So we have a big laugh about that. But Wells is such a great guy. And I'm glad he's found life after this nonsense that we do. And he can play golf whenever the hell he wants to. And he's got actually family hours that, you know, he doesn't get a yeah. call at 10 o'clock at night because some idiot's done something that he shouldn't have done. So good for him. It's always great to see him. I, I think we should make some deal where he has to come around once a week just for the hell of it. But I don't think he would agree with that. 
All right, so a year ago we knew that had it been Carson Wentz and that loss of the Commanders would have left a significant mark with the owner. Uh, we know the owner was sick and tired of losing to Tennessee and Mike Vrabel and losing at home. Uh, what type of mark might be left on the owner oh, if the Colts goodness. were to lose to the head coach that he fired almost a year to the day? I think he got fired last year on November the 7th, did Frank Reich. November the 5th on Sunday is the game. What type of mark would be left if the Colts lose in Charlotte Sunday? Yeah, it'd be one that would ooze for a while. I mean, you're putting a Band-Aid on it, it would still seep through the bandage. Uh, I don't know. And this is not a very good Carolina team. It just isn't. I'm glad they won last week. I would not want them to come in, you know, play the Colts winless. But you can go back to when uh, I think we talked to Nick Sirianni. Remember when Philly came in here after Frank had been let go and he sort of was was really – harping quite a bit on on this one's for frank or whatever so yeah and frank has really downplayed it you know this isn't personal well i tell you yes i mean that's frank being frank but you just know what it would mean to frank and all that but boy that that i really have tried not to think too much about how this team not the team how the owner would would react to that but wouldn't be pleasant. I, I don't, you know, so, yeah, but let's, let, I hate, I hate anything to go there, but it, it, it could happen. It could happen. You could have. Somebody. No, it, it will happen. Probably. I, I say it will happen. Probably. That didn't make sense. But you know, given the trend for yeah, this team exactly. over the years, I mean, you got to prepare for it. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and again, this is a team that you don't, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, even you know from the quarterback who who can play well and then not so when the defense has given up thirty not not thirty thirty seven a game the last three and so yeah it's the, the worst thing that could happen getting going on on Sunday afternoon is to kind of get behind you know a turnover and you're down seven you're down ten and then boy then it really starts kind of pressurizing on you but. Frank would, would, would handle it right, I think, afterwards. But, boy, inside, he, he would just be doing cartwheels and flips and take that and all that. So, yeah, I, I, I don't want to think about that right now. Let's, I'll think about that so, Sunday evening. You don't think Frank would handle it like Nick Sirianni did Ooh, here no. a year ago with the Eagles? <laughs> <laughs> when he ran back to the, by, by the stands and, and all that, yeah. I don't think – and I don't think the players would carry Frank off on their shoulders. I don't think. <laughs> but this – Frank has – I'm not going to say he has more class than Nick. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not saying that. But Nick, Nick is much more emotional than Frank is. And I'm telling you, if that happens, Frank, he, he, you'll see a, a really strong fist clinch uh, from him. And I'm not sure how he would handle it post-game. But you know what it would mean to him. And I talked to him like the day after he got fired, and a day or two after, and he and his wife were packing up to go to, I think to, to Charlotte. I thought I think he had a home there. Yeah, he did. And he, you know, he, he was disappointed. He, 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 he was kicked in the gut by that. And but I think since since then he's tried he's tried not to dwell. That's not his character to dwell on those things. But just it, you just know that at some level. It, it it really hurt then. It probably still hurts now, you know, much less, I guess. I don't know. 
But that's going to be interesting on Sunday if that bad thing happens. In Mike, decreasing numbers of reps, are we watching in the final half of this season uh, the final times we're going to see Shaquille Leonard in a Colts uniform? Boy, uh, yeah, we all wrote about that yesterday. And at the end of mine, I mentioned how, you know, if his role is to be a complimentary player, yeah. In this in his defense, that's not that's not what that's not what they paid for, because that's not what he was with Eberflus. But right now, I mean, he even said it's my job to kind of funnel things to Sayre and, and to the safeties, and that's not what you're paying twenty million dollars for a year. So I uh, I've sort of held off until November because that's what that's what Bradley told us. You know, we've got this timeline and till November. Well, here we are. Uh, and we'll see if maybe Zaire has – maybe he doesn't play, which I think he does, but maybe he's not out there all the time and then and then Shaq's out there. What's crazy is he says, they say I'm not making splash plays. Well, but they're taking him really off the field when the, the big opportunities for, for play, splash plays are. Third down. Now, you can get forced fumbles anytime, but it's kind of a, a strange cycle to get into where we, we want more splash plays, but you're not going to get out there – on third and 13 or whatever. So, yeah, I, because what I pointed out is if he's, I think he's due like a 20 million to get to cap next year. Yeah. And if I, I, I didn't know. I, I needed to look it up and I didn't. So, yeah, it, it, if, you, if you cut him, you save 12 million, but he counts 8 million against the cap. Yeah. Team, teams yeah. absorb $8 million all the time. They do. So, it'll be really, it'll, I tell you what will be interesting is the discussion. If they say, "Hey, we need you to redo your contract," or in this case, take a pay cut, that'll that'll be that'll be spirited. Let's use that. that that's a good word to use right now. So uh, we'll see where that goes. He, he's still got half the season to to, to kind of emer- reemerge. Uh, but from everything he says, is that's not his role in this defense. So it's going to be hard to reemerge when you're not g- given the chance to do that. So, uh, might there be a player that, that plays well in the first half on Sunday and then the head coach unplugs him in the second half? I mean, that, that was such a, to me, such a huge mistake, Mike, last week, yeah, getting it, back to that it, game it, with Jonathan Taylor. It was similar to when, remember when they threw 26 times against Tampa Bay a couple of years mm-hmm. ago with Wentz? And, and it took Quentin Nelson to go up to say, hey, Frank, can we just, you know, call a run play? Right. At some point, the third quarter was a mess just because they got nothing done. So they really couldn't get, you know, any kind of semblance of balance. But you can't fall back on well, we were behind by double double figures. No, you were down three minutes, less than three minutes, by two scores. So that it, it just got away from them. And I'm I'm giving them a, a, a one-off excuse. It, it just happened. It was one of those games. But moving forward, you, right now your two, two your two best offensive players. Are Zach Moss and, and JT, yeah. you know Michael Pittman, yes, and Josh Downs, yes. But with where this team is and and the makeup of it, you gotta you gotta run the ball. And Carolina's awful, absolutely awful against the run. So I yeah I I would I that wouldn't be a good thing to get away from JT. I'm not saying 30 carries. I I wrote early in this week, and I believe that we're going to see JT slash Moss the rest of the year in some decent balance, you know, 60-40 or whatever. I just don't think we're going to see JT out there 
you know, being being that guy and then, oh, by the, here's a series for Zach Moss. I don't think they're going to do that. But my goodness, don't give him one carry in the second half. And, and that was on the first play of the third quarter. You know, so, so he, he's just, he's too good. You, you gave him $42 million extension for crying out loud. You know, for what? So use him. And, and I, I think they will. I, you know, I, I think last week was a one-off. But maybe they prove me wrong. I don't. I don't think they will. I think it was just a strange game. But don't forget your best player for crying out loud. It's uh, Mike Chapel of CBS Four and Fox Fifty Nine on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline on this uh, Bud Light Blue Friday at Gigi's Bar and Grill, seventy first in Benford. Mike, thanks for adjusting yesterday with with what we were doing show wise to today. Well, we value your information each and every week, and thanks for doing that for us. I appreciate it. Again, I, I when all that happened yesterday was. Uh, Bob Knight. Yeah. My first 10 years in Anderson, they funneled players. Phil Buck at Madison Heights with yep. Bobby Wilkerson and Dre Talbert and Winston Morgan and Stu Robinson and all these guys. So I had a lot of dealings with Bob Knight. You know, so, but yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, that's the story that's going to carry on for a few days. It will. And thanks for yesterday, too, Mike. I appreciate that more than you know. We'll talk with you next yeah, week. Enjoy we'll the game. Next week. You got it. Uh, Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 right there on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Shout out to my friend Eric Wilson of Andy Moore Buick GMC 131st. State Road 37. It is up in Fishers ready to give off great deals right now. When Schuler's Spreadable Cheese is available at Kroger and Meyer, the official sponsor inside the lounge via YouTube Live and the ride with JMV. Kroger and Meyer locations. Original sharp bacon and cheddar and... Uh, Everybody's favorite pepper jack. Win Shuler's Spreadable Cheeses. WinShulers.com for recipes and more information today. We continue on from Gigi's Bar and Grill at Benford and 71st. But up next, Colts Happy Hour on this Bud Light Blue Friday leading up to Gamers Fieldhouse and the Cavaliers and the Pacers coming up with your pregame at 630. We'll come back with more Colts conversation. Colts Happy Hour live from Gigi's, one of our favorites. 71st in Bedford on a Bud Light Blue Friday. That's next. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Don't go anywhere. Hey, fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home. Right, Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations. Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.